She Said, He Said is sponsored by Times Media Company and Lee Enterprises. Our show is recorded each week at Creative Space Place Studios in Hobart, Indiana. You're listening to She Said, He Said with Karen and Jerry Davidge, a potpourri of everything that has to do with relationships and the baggage that comes with it, because there's a lot to unpack. What's it like to be married to a police officer? What's it like to live with a high school teacher? And what's it like to be the same cop and the same teacher when a bomb threat is called in at school? Troy and Carrie Williams tell us on today's show. Part of the conversation I want to have with you, what's it like to live with a cop 24-7? And what's it like also, Troy, mm-hmm. on your end, to live with a woman who has not just two kids or four kids, but 34 kids every year, and they're always different or something? If I can go first. Okay. Can he go first? Approved. All right. <laughs> and that's how they were. Evolution. <laughs> you know, I think um, I had, since I was the school resource officer for six years. That's right. So I, ha- I mean, I had some insight to the day-to-day operations of being in the school. True. And so seeing what the teachers deal with on a daily basis. So I had that appreciation. I mean, I, I knew she was a teacher when we first went out and we got back together. But, you know, seeing that on a day-to-day basis and what they have to do and you know the they you get th- 30 kids in a class if four of them have a problem and you have like five classes chaos six six classes wow. now in in four in every class now you got 24 oh kids with a problem God. and trying not to bring that home is almost impossible can't yeah. imagine that um, i can't even we can do that yeah, it's, it's it is impossible yeah. so and you know we can talk about what you know the state's doing education or whatnot, but it just over time, you know, you know, I definitely have an appreciation because I, I know how important, you know, education is and how it affects kids' lives. So to have someone who, you know, takes it seriously and cares about kids, you know, I appreciate that. She gives a damn. Yeah. And I, you know, just to add to it, it's one of those things that sometimes as a teacher, you give so much of yourself. I mean, it's yes. like a dog mm. and pony show. You are entertaining. You are, I mean, you are wiping, no- I mean, they're high school kids, but not <laughs> yeah. literally wiping noses, but you know, you're solving problems saying this, you know, I'll send you to the nurse. Okay. Oh my gosh. You need pa- I mean, a paper pencils. Okay. Like I will provide you with supplies. I just need you to provide the motivation, you know? Yeah. So it's always, you know, kind of always scanning the room. Who's lot. having it an is. issue? Whose mm-hmm. head is down? And why is their head down? Are they getting enough sleep? Are they hungry? You know, are they depressed? Did something happen? Are you hurt? You know, so wow. there's always just the mind is constantly going and surveying and and trying to preemptively answer questions or look for things, um, you know. So, and then of course in the, the outside noise, like oh my god, did I just hear a noise in the hallway? Yes. Oh, there's oh, it's just someone laughing loudly. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh god, oh my god. So oh, someone just popped a bag. You know, so right. there's just always like what was that? You know, there's just it is frantic in my head, you know, of like, what was that? Oh my God. You know, so there's a lot of worrying. Mm -hmm. I'm going to use the word PTSD, but you know, uh, but there's, (laughs) yeah, I mean, there's a lot of like, you know, always kind of wondering, waiting for the other shoe to drop if there's something else. So for lack of better words, it's really a constant state of worrying, Mm. you know, which is exhausting. Of course it is. So, you know. And then you bring that home. Well, yes, and I, and I would probably say I'm much nicer to the children and, you know, colleagues at school than I am at home because I am done. <laughs> I, am, I am done solving problems. Yes. I'm done answering questions. Don't make me have to. I'm come, home, you know. Troy. Where's my drink? So in a perfect world, she, I mean, 
comes home, if she could get 45 minutes to herself to decompress, would you know? Uh, but it doesn't always happen because either dinner, kids, uh, commitments, whatever. Right. But I think you know you'd like to be able to come home and like just sit down. And yeah, I like, usually just slide Karen food and walk away. That's what I do. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, I don't want to have to answer yeah. what's for dinner. I don't know. That's one more question I have to answer. You know. <laughs> so I mean, there's just a lot of I usually drive home in silence. You know, like oh. she sure. might just. I don't want one more question. I don't want one more thing. Decompress. I don't want yes, a little I just vacuum need, chamber yep, thing. Yeah. Just let me do my thing and I'll just whew, oh, you know, still need that. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. And where it I mean, we have this I don't know, special dynamic or this dynamic being an officer, so you know, Portages had their uh, you know, the bomb threats where they went on lockdown. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm, I can, I'm at the station. I hear the radio call, like the SRO is asking for officers, and to, they say signal 10 means lights and sirens. So if they're asking for that, there's a problem. Right. So I'm. You, you know, immediately think Carrie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's one. It's Carrie, then cop or something. Yeah. Well, I you're, mean, you're I'm sorry. I know how you know, especially in today's world, how dangerous it can be. You know, with these type of events right. and you can't ever treat them like they're not real. Nope. Exactly. So I'm doing hundred miles an hour down airport trying to text her, but I'm like, I can't text cause I'm going to crash. <laughs> so I get to the building and then, you know, I, I'm, I'm here, you go in walk around, you know, I'm outside your door. So, I, you know, I'm trying to give her an update and then I've got, you know, Mackenzie's texting me, Hey, you know, is this real? And so, you know, I won't say fairly quick, but you know, once we got there and we knew what we had and we had, you know, enough officers there, but at that moment, she was in a room. She was on a like plan hour, so she was by herself. Yeah, I didn't have oh. any students, which is you know is a blessing. It's a blessing and a curse. Okay, you know, yeah. I feel like I'm not responsible for anyone, so that's a blessing. But also, I think if I was responsible for someone, keeping them calm, keeping them, you know, my brain would have focused on sure. being the adult and oh, keeping right. everyone calm. Right. By myself, I'm like, oh, <gasps> oh god, what right. if this is it? I'm in my room by myself, and you know, and oh. as a mother, I'm like where's my child right now? I'm like, I kind of know her schedule, but I don't know exactly what room she's in. And I'm like, oh my God, if I have to get her, how am I going to get her? I need to get her, you know? So there was that panic, you know? And then of course, the friends from the outside world, hey, we heard this thing is going on. What's going on? You know, and I'm like, and they're like, oh my God, we're so scared for you. I'm like, Oh, no, okay. I'm scared now, yeah. too. No, right? I'm scared, yeah. too. You right. know, and then another friend is like, I'm in my room by myself, too. I just I just sent emails to my family telling them goodbye just oh in case. God. You know, and I love them. And so it it's you start traumatizing. When your friends are telling you these things over text, and that's your only way of communicating, you're like, right. oh, my God, this is terrible. This is real. You know, and like, what if it's not? Because we didn't get a lot of information. Now, I'm not saying that we can't have real bombs, you know, but, mm-hmm. you know, I'm much more not as worried about a bomb threat than an active shooter. But at that time, we didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. So I'm just straining to hear, like, can I hear anything? Do I hear a commotion? Do I hear fighting out there? I'm like, do I hear anything? And so you're just like, I'm like, okay, I don't hear anything. You know? And so there's the anticipation. So like I said, if I had students, I probably would be... You would have to. We're fine. You would have We're going to keep calm. Right. But without that, I was like, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> it, was, then, it was very nerve wracking. At that moment, Troy, then what are your thoughts as a cop versus as a husband and a father? Because you're walking into the school as a cop, mm-hmm. but in the back of your head going like, where's Carrie? Where's, well, where's the kid? She, that kind of stuff. She's like, if you ever have an active shooter here or a call, I, you know, you better be at my room first. And, you know, and as the husband, and I, right. and I get I go, that. If I die, I will so divorce you. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I told you. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, every situation is different. You know, we get there, and again, it was came out as kind of a bomb threat. 
And so at that point, you're just checking the hallways, checking the bathrooms. Right. Uh, you know, I'm trying, you know, again, the blessing and curse of text phone or texting it with phones. Right. So I could text her, okay. but, you know, but kids are texting their parents. And so, I mean, I if I got one text, I got 100. And mm-hmm. um, so, you know, when I had time, if I could respond back, like, you know, we're here, we're checking on it. Um, but, yeah, there is there is some fear in the sense that, if I'm not there to get, and I'm, you know, type A personality, I want to be in the middle of something. Right. Um, yeah, we've learned that. Yeah. Well, I'll yeah. tell you a story about two days ago. Um, so just being there made me feel comfortable, again, because I, I, I don't know, lack of a better way to say it, my skill level, and I know the school, and I know, yeah. you know what's going mm-hmm. on. And so, or she might not necessarily have felt as safe just in the beginning. I felt safe enough for the both of us in a sense because I know what's going, you know, sure. I have more information than of she course. did. Right. And then at when we were done, when it was kind of over, when they were releasing students, um, she had to stay for a meeting, but I was, you know, they, they asked us to stay until all the students were out of the building. So, and I didn't know if it would, I didn't th- think about it at the time, but as our, our friend group that we normally hang out with, their kids were exiting the building at, near where I parked. So I just started taking pictures of them and sending Waiting them to, yeah. and sending to the friends. <laughs> you know, and I, and I felt a sense of relief that, right, right. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the friends were grateful. They're like, okay, good. I know. They're, I mean, we knew it was okay because the back of was going home, right. but just visually having a picture uh, of your child, yes. like, okay, yes, it's, it's real. Then you know, right. So when, when you two get home after not just that day, because that's mm-hmm. an extreme sure. day, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. on any given day, then how do you make it work? Because we can kind of wrap up the segment of how you guys make it work with that kind of dynamic at work. Because ours is nothing like that. I'm, yeah, not, nothing. I'm a silly columnist. She's a dental hygienist. It's not a big. <laughs> no. no. I mean, so living with an officer, I yeah. mean, it was. He's has long periods of nothingness, and you know, infrequent periods of super high stress. Sure. You know, like some, and usually it's something crazy or like. So I'm like. Sometimes, you know, he'll text me on my way to a call and like, I'm like, oh God, be careful. You know, so there's that. Of course. Most of the time I'm not worried about him, but you know, because I know some police wives are like, the second he leaves that door, I don't have that kind of feeling, (laughs) you know, but if he tells me there's a hot call or some weird, something dangerous going on, then I start to like, okay. Yeah. He's very confident in his abilities, but you know, I'm like. Can you be like the last one to show up? I, I <laughs> drive a little slower. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I feel that's, that's a lot. I just a little I'd slower. I feel a lot better if it was kind of taken care of by yeah, the time you got there. But that is. <laughs> well, if not... I was the cop, that'd be me. I'd be late at every <laughs> yeah. call. Well, well there did are I miss cops something? like that. Did but... I miss something? Oh, yeah, sorry. That's, that's not who he is. And so I'm like, could you maybe let the younger guys go ahead? Yeah. yeah. Let them be. You don't have to be the first one there. So that's nerve-wracking, and I'm like, you've seen all the movies where the guy close to retirement, something bad always happens to him. I'm like, could you try to be a little more careful? (laughs) Next up, we chat with Lisa Gian, executive producer for Case File Chicago. See these pennies? These are hand-painted pennies. Yes. So recently in... Uh, September, we did a wellness walk for police officers. We visited all 22 districts of the Chicago Police Department. Oh my gosh. And we walked. I didn't walk because I drove the car with supplies, but some of the officers walked. And Robert Swiderski, who is the founder of Running for Blue Eyes, we we went to every district, did it in three days, nonstop. 
and we visited each district and we gave them a hand-painted penny. That one's for you and this oh, one's for you. you. Oh, thank and you. And what it is, it, um, re it's a reminder Bing. of their, yeah, <laughs> isn't it beautiful? A reminder of their mental well-being and health because a lot of our officers in Chicago are really feeling so down and we've lost a lot to suicide. Yes, oh. I've been yeah. reading about that. Mm -hmm. So we did this walk and then those pennies are a promise. We're working to get some challenge coins made and then we'll, you know, here's your challenge coin for that. But When did the walk take place? September. So we're going to start planning for next year already. But it was wonderful. It really? was so great. We walked through the neighborhoods. I mean, nonstop. 24 hours, 24. I think it took, it was over 100 miles. Yeah. Oh, my God. Nonstop. It was awesome. I think the community in general doesn't realize the, the price that police pay. On, yeah. I mean, I, I just wrote a column today that's running in a couple of days. Uh, I did like a ride with a cop kind of column. Oh, yes, yes. Hubbard I've been PD. following it was, that. It was yes. Tommy Tatum, actually. Yes, I And followed. he was telling me all this kind of backstory stuff yeah. that people just don't realize everything they see and absorb and have to deal with. Yeah. And a lot of them burn out. Mm -hmm. And some of them, as yeah. you said, will take their own life because they just can't handle the pressures after that. Yeah. So kudos to you for doing Thank this program. Thank you. Yes. It's, Is there it's a name important. for it? Did you say a name for it? Uh, we, we just call it Running for Blue Lives. Okay. And it really isn't a name. It's just an awareness on, um, of course, with the whole Truth Project that I um, run every year, we do a Thank a Police Officer Day, which originated with the whole Truth Project. So um, every fourth Saturday of the month, or third Saturday of the month of September is, Think a Nas is National Think a Police Officer Day. Yeah, so we coincided the two, and we got letters. We put the word out, got letters from all over the country to give to each police, Chicago police officer to say thank you. Very that impressive. is beautiful. It was awesome. There was kids from like California and people that just are watching Chicago so close and, and the treatment sometimes that officers get, and they know some, how bad it is. Yeah. And they, letters from all over we even had a surplus of letters and we got cook county sheriff's department involved this year because we had so many to still give to them so they're going to be included with us Lisa, next year Lisa, this is exactly yeah. i'm going to circle back to end this exactly yeah. this is exactly what karen mentioned to you that thank god for people like you oh, honestly you. because we don't do that and then we th when we hear about this we go why didn't we do something like that why don't we do that but you guys are runners right yeah well Okay. Are you you guys walked? You guys next year. Okay. Next oh, year, we could join do, us. Yeah, we could, we yeah. could be a part of it. Yeah, and a lot of people would just walk, maybe just even a couple blocks. We didn't sure. care. We even had community. We're like, well, we'll walk with you down the block. And but we did have our bad apples. And ironically enough, we went through some of the worst neighborhoods in the city, and it was fine. It wasn't until we got to places like Lincoln, uh, you know, Lincoln what? Park, really? and when they seen the signs, you know, officer suicide awareness, they were telling us. Go kill yourself, Biggs. You know, what? get out of here. Oh, it was horrible. We had people cutting us off, cutting the the runners off. It, even the police were trying to block them. They'd go around. We had a, a CTA bus even go around the officer and cut us off. It was awful. Oh. The abuse we got just within that small radius. Interesting. That's awful. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Oh, it's so ugly. But next year, you guys, please join us. Please, We'll yes. let you guys know. We'd love because we need... That would be such a cool thing to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah, we'd like to do it here in Northwest Indiana. It's a huge undertaking of, in Chicago, so I'm sure course. here it'd be much easier. You sure, know, even if we be. did, you know, yeah. East Chicago to Gary and Hannah yeah. or something like well, that. Well, I'd love to write about it. We'd love to talk about yeah. it. Yeah, We'll so amplify your message. Next up, we'll talk with Amy Blaker about the social expectations to drink booze. It's not just the drinking, obviously. There's not just a bunch of alcoholics getting together. It's the whole social connection thing. Yes. But we don't do that, and we don't we do don't it well drink. at all. So I'm always marveling when people say that, how yes. 
How do you master that, okay. that, that yeah, art of conversation? I don't drink that drinking. often. However, when you're in social settings, yeah. drinking, and you're right, drinking has become wildly um, popular and ingrained in everyday life. Baby shower, alcohol. See? Um, you know, and, and I... And That's the problem I have. My mother doesn't drink at all. God bless Jane. <laughs> she doesn't. And so, like, if we went to a, a kid's birthday party, she just thinks that's the, you know, like, why, why would you be serving alcohol at a kid? That's just Karen likes. thinks that, too. Yes, there's she does. There's scruples and standards and stuff like yes, that. Yes, and yeah. she just thinks that there's, you know, and that's Time and fine, a place. Mom. Was this an AA <laughs> <Right>. meeting? <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it is it is very difficult because there is there is a lot of societal expectation See? on drinking in social settings. And we get looked down and upon. And when you don't do it. She's pointing at me, by the way. Are we capturing that? I know that, that you don't drink. I do know that about oh, you. Oh. Um, but when you don't do it. And, yeah. and I am a social drinker, so I will occasionally. But, I I mean, if I drank at every social event that I went to, I would be drunk You'd be a drunker. Amy yeah. the drunkard. New social yeah, media presence. Land. Shade on her head. Yes, exactly. Um, but you, you're when you don't, you know, order a drink or when you don't, people people notice. Not, yes, they do. Yes. They do. When I tried to get a job, um, I think the Post Tribune hired me in initially. I think in 2006 or something, and I had some kind of meeting with a publisher, and he took me aside and and we we ordered drinks, mm-hmm. and I said, no, I, I don't drink, and he says, you don't drink, and I go, no, I just don't drink anymore like that. And he goes, did you have a problem? <laughs> You know, I'm going, Which did is I, rude, and I'm right? saying, and I'm I saying, mean, did I phrase it that way? I didn't mean to phrase it that way. He goes, you know, did you have a, no, no. I mean, I didn't have a problem. I just don't like drinking. I don't like the taste of it. So I stopped drinking. Mm-hmm. But anytime we say that in public settings, it's people almost, just, it's almost more acceptable to tell people I'm sober than just to say, I don't like drinking yes. or I don't like the taste. Yes. Yeah. And I will say the nice thing about getting older as a woman is mm-hmm. that people don't look at you and wink when you don't drink. What do you mean? Not, that you're pregnant. <gasps> oh, I didn't oh, think of that at all. Wow, no, I'm way bebeyond that. I'm yes. sorry. Karen missed a reference 10 years ago or yeah, something. Like, yeah. What, so what is Amy talking if about? If you don't have a drink, then it's, oh. You know, <gasps> oh, like, I get it. Yes. You're so right. Interesting. So you, what I used to do back in the early days, I'd just bring some kind of a can of something, and I'd put like Coke in it or whatever I want, and but I, it was a can of beer or something. Just mm-hmm. to people, leave me alone. I have all kinds of tricks. Like I'm drinking something, but doesn't, you know, it yeah. doesn't affect you in any. Anyway, yes. Let me do what I want. What's your tricks? Um, well, give us a uh, couple. Club soda with lemon and lime always looks oh, like a Oh, it looks alcoholic. Go. Yeah. Um, do you slow your your voice a little bit? Is that one of your tricks too? <laughs> no. Do you kind of hang on people and just fall off the table? I like, hey, I've been so long. Hands you with somebody. Oh my God! Look at that. <laughs> you know um, that's not one of your tricks. Sorry. And I've been in that's situations where people are doing shots, and let me tell you, if you see me doing shots, I should have went home three hours ago. Oh. <laughs> like, no. Um, and so you know, you take the shot and you just throw. It oh, I've done. <laughs> I've done that. On the floor. I don't know, but we go to a restaurant that we like a lot, and the owner is so kind to us, and he gives oh. us a shot of something. Oh. And mm-hmm. at least once, I've had to take a shot and go, okay, and I just pour it into my yeah. thing, and I, yes. whoop, okay, there we yeah. go. You know, because I just. I can't drink it. I right. mean, I really don't want to drink it physically. Mm-hmm. And, I and like I said, I am a so, you know, I'll have a glass of wine yeah. or, you know, whatever. I, but not I 17. Mean, but right. But when I tell you that if I did it at every social place that I went, I really would be drunk all the time. And that's right. why I say like, I'm not, you know, like I'm not drinking today or mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, it's hard to say that people, it's interesting. Cause I think, uh, recently I read an article and it was on LinkedIn and it talked about, um, how, uh, women are catching up to men in drinking, and that's oh. maybe not necessarily a good thing. Yeah. Oh. But it becomes, um, like you were saying, part of the workplace. Yes. Yes. Right. It and is having drinks after dinner. Well, I mm-hmm. can that drink doesn't have to be 
an alcoholic drink. And, exactly. and I appreciate restaurants that have mocktails and things oh, yeah. like that, or mm-hmm. I'll ask. I'm know, all about the Shirley Temples, Amy. <laughs> yeah. And now for a lovely waste of time. Hey, can we talk about food? I'd love to talk about food. Um, there's a segment we want, uh, it's called Off the Eaten Path. Not beaten, but eaten, Off the Eaten Path, of places that exist. We didn't know they existed until we bopped into them or somebody suggested. And next thing you know, it's like our favorite place ever. This happened to us just last week. We were in Crown Point biking around, mm-hmm. and there's a place right on the square, and mm-hmm. it's called something with a P. Oh, uh, here it is. Oh, what is it called? P. Prevention? Proveco? Proveco? We can't even pronounce it. Didn't matter. I'm so sorry. First off, we went there thinking it's an Italian joint. So I'm going, okay, I'm going to get some Italian bread and some oil and some cheese. And I don't care what else they have. They have oil and cheese and bread. I'm good to go for at least an hour. Yeah. So we we parked the bikes. We get in there. I'm expecting that. And it wasn't that at all. No, it was uh, Latin provisions. Latin, like a fusion. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, Latin fusion. But but it's mostly... Um, like Spanish inspired. So we didn't. I'm I'm about as waspy as you can get as a diner. <laughs> yeah. Really, I'm the white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, the waspy guy. I don't try. I don't like spice foods. But neither do I. What's your spice level? They ask. I go. Oh, you have like a point five or point point one. <laughs> I want nothing one. at all. Yeah, just a hint, yeah. a hint of spice. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know what to order. But we ended up ordering um, tacos. I think it was. Yes. And and, and the best corn dish entree I've ever I had think in my it's life. Aioli. Aioli, we think. think it is. It it was it was the best corn and entree so of any kind so I ever had. Good. Yeah, and I think it was twelve bucks, and I would have paid fifteen yeah. at least. I had no idea what it, it was. It was delicious. The whole experience. The restaurant was beautifully decorated. Yeah. Um, we sat outside. Yeah. Uh, everything about it was top notch. Our waiter was sweet and yeah. efficient, and ten out of ten. Yeah, 10 it out was. Of 10. It was so good. So this is a place that we bop into. And, of course, we are food addicts. We are restaurant addicts as well. We love going to places. It doesn't have to be pricey at all. Oh, no. I mean, we've eaten White Castles on Indy Boulevard on the curb, literally, with our bikes behind us. And cost like five bucks. And we're quite content as yes. Hammond motorists are blowing past us, and, <laughs> you know, and, and getting a little too close to the curb for our comfort. But we didn't really yeah, they don't care. Because <laughs> that was the only table we could find at that point. Yeah. And it was a nice day. So we didn't mind sitting on the, on the street. Yeah. So we we'll literally we'll, ate on the on street. On the street of Hammond. Yeah, we'll do that. So we'll I'll do anywhere. it again. We'll do it again tomorrow. Um, and we've also eaten at uh, Geja's in, um, no, I'm sorry. I just said that wrong. Geja's. In, Geja's, right. Right next to the Park West on, is it Lincoln? Yeah, on, on West Armitage in Chicago, I think. Uh, it's Har- Armitage, though, yeah. Yeah, that's probably kiss. the best uh, dining experience we've ever had in our life. And that Fondue. was somewhat recently we before a Joe Jackson concert yeah. at the Park West. So we went from uh, White Castle Curb of Indy Boulevard to this Geha's place in Chicago and other plates in between. And we would like to know, between. if you're listening or watching, we would Where love to know. Where should we go? Yeah, what is off the eaten path that we should know? Mm-hmm. And we have a long list already from social media friends Yeah, we cannot wait. So we're going to get started on that, and then we're going to come back and share our experiences and say, was well, it a dive? Was like a one fork, two fork, three fork, four fork? That's like a song. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> But we're going to, you know, we're looking forward to it. Yes, and definitely. It all, and it always prompted from this place in Crown Point. Yeah. We had no idea what it was or anybody would enjoy it. Yeah, there's the card. And oddly enough, I commented, I think, on social media how much we enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And I think I also put it on Twitter. Oh, yeah. And they saw that and said, thanks for coming in. We yes. appreciate it, which is very kind that they just saw that. Mm-hmm. So we will be back. And definitely. if you have a suggestion for Off the Eaten Path, yeah. we will talk about your place as well. Absolutely. And even if you're an owner or if you work there. Yeah. We'd love to hear about it. Definitely. Because dining experiences, food is important to people. Food is immensely important. It is. We base our day around it. Because it makes you feel good. 
It does. It's another. Is it escapism again? In a way. Oh yeah. It it feeds us in many ways. Yes, it it's does. It's not just the food. It's also the experience. Yes. Not just the sustenance, but the substance of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We just we enjoy it so much. Yeah. And if you go out any night, any given week, and you see people at these restaurants, and they're lining up, no matter how bad inflation is, bad the economy is horrible. Remember, even during COVID, who was oh. out there? Uh, dining as much as I could. It was me. <laughs> Social restrictions did not matter to me. No, I didn't stop didn't any not. of my habits no. uh, during the pandemic because I had to have my food and carry out. I'd wear like triple mask, whatever they, whatever you want. Oh wanted. yeah, you got your stuff. You you supported small businesses. I would do whatever I had to do to get that addiction fed. Definitely. Right? So we would like to know yours. And if you have an off the eaten bath, did I say it right? You said bath. Off the eaten bath? <laughs> That's another segment. <laughs> off, the, off the eaten path. Yes. We would let love, us know because we would love to we go. We would love to go there and explore mm-hmm. it and taste it and let you know what you th- what we think about it. Definitely. All right. All right. And now we get a sneak peek of the new book from Chuck Swirsky, the radio voice for the Chicago Bulls. And I've got a story in the book about the Super Bowl and how it crushed him that he didn't score a touchdown. Yeah, we know oh, it did in right. hindsight. We didn't know at the time. Yeah. Dicka would give anything to give him back to yes, give him a that's, touchdown that's, instead of putting Perry in there yeah, that's for, that, for that easy score, yep. without a doubt. Yep. Chuck, last thing, tell, tell our viewers, listeners, how they can get a copy of your book, Always a Pleasure by Chuck Swirsky. Um, you can go to chuckswirskythebook.com, chuckswirskythebook.com, uh, published by the fine folks at Eckhart's Press. Wonderful. All right. Thanks for everything. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so- You've been listening to She Said, He Said with Karen and Jerry Davich. Sponsored by Times Media Company and Lee Enterprises. And recorded at Creative Space in downtown Hobart. Find us at nwi.com and where you find all your podcasts. If you enjoy our show, we hope you return with your own viewpoints about couples, relationships, and the subtle or not so subtle differences between spouses, mates, partners, and potential partners. We welcome your opinions, your experiences, and especially your love lessons.